everyone, it's David James Young here for another week of All My Friends Are On Bar Bands. We're back, thank you so much for tuning in and checking this out, really, really appreciate it. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since I've been able to get one of these up, but uh, don't worry, for the rest of the month I'm going to be bringing you a bunch of really, really awesome episodes featuring some absolute legends, so uh, plenty to look forward to, but uh, let's focus in on this week's guest. Today we're going to be chatting to Sadie Dupuy. Now, uh, Sadie is an American singer, songwriter, guitarist, kick-ass musician, speech giver. Uh, Sadie came to Australia for the very first time a few months ago, a couple of months ago, and uh, came out for Big Sound Festival. And uh, while she was out here, she also did a couple of shows in Melbourne and in Sydney. Sydney is the magical city in which this recording takes place. Uh, We met up at a coffee place in Alexandria, I believe, around now. Yeah, my an, another guy that I, I recently met, a really awesome American guy called Khalil, uh, was there as well. Uh, you'll hear a shout out to him in the episode. Um, the surrounds, you know, it was Sunday morning at this super busy Alexandria cafe. So as you can imagine, uh, the sound was a bit difficult to uh, to work around, but uh, I think we've salvaged it. I think, uh, yeah, you're, you're able to make out my voice and make out Sadie's voice as well. So I think it all works out pretty well, all things considered. Uh, massive, massive thank you to Mr. Adam Buncher uh, from my other podcast, Hottest 100s and Thousands, for helping to uh, clean up the audio and do a good wipe around to, uh, yeah, make this salvageable. It, 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 it turned out really well and I appreciate it a lot. But uh, yeah, Sadie's awesome. I am a massive fan of her music. I'm particularly a big fan of her band, uh, Speedy Ortiz, uh, who have put out uh, a couple of my favourite records of the 2010s. Uh, She also has a solo project called Sad 13, uh, which was the name she was performing under while she was in Australia. Pretty much contacted Sadie out of the blue, hit her up on her own email account, and yeah, we were able to to make it happen, which is really, really wonderful. Um, want to thank Sadie so much for uh, her time and for making this happen and uh, yeah for going out on a limb and you know doing a podcast with a total stranger because uh, yeah I think it turned out really really well like I said and uh, yeah can't wait to see what comes next for Sadie whether that be through Sad 13 or through Speedy Ortiz or whatever else have you. So Sadie Dupuy on the podcast today But before we get into it, just a quick reminder, this podcast is made possible with the help of people like yourself. However you are streaming this, downloading this, getting in and around this, it is so, so very appreciated and I want to give a quick thanks to everyone who helps to make that possible. And you can do that by spreading the word. Uh, online, through your social media, uh, rating and reviewing and subscribing, through Apple Podcasts or however you choose to download podcasts. Maybe if you know anyone who's into one of the bands or the artists that I've had on the podcast, show them that episode and see how they go with the other ones and uh, yeah, see if we can uh, drag people in like that. All My Friends Are In Bar Bands is also on Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you can help keep this podcast up and running. Every little bit helps, and it is so, so appreciated. 
So I just want to give a quick thank you to everyone that is a patron over on the Patreon page. Thanks to Amy Gray, Andrew Nicholson, Blake Hennequin, Britt Andrews, Eleanor Shepard, Hazel Chan, Heath Anthony, Jeremy Neal, Jonathan Elvery, Karen Dennis, Kirsten Day, Christy Wanmaker, Leslie Bowden, Liam Sherlaw, Lily Belnick, Matthew Lynch, Max Quinn, Paul McWhorter, Rachel Maria Cox, Ryan Dunn, Sian Vanakuti, Tom Brown, Tom Kennedy, Tom Jenkins, and Zoe Lane. If you would like to be one of these absolute champions of the universe and support this podcast over on Patreon, then please do so. Head over to patreon.com slash barbands. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash b-a-r-b-a-n-d-s. Okay, let's get into it. Today's episode, episode 90. This is my chat with Sadie Dupuy from Speedy Ortiz and Sad 13. Debbie James Young and all my friends are in Barbans. Today, I would like to introduce you to my friend, Sadie Dupuy. Hi. Hello, how are you? I'm so great. I'm drinking a really nice iced latte that my friend Khalil told me to get. Shout out to Khalil. And Khalil knows everything about coffee, so... It's true. I've been getting a serious coffee education today. Gotta be happy with that. It's uh, Sunday morning, we're here in Sydney, and Sadie is here for the very, very first time in Australia. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. It's my second day in Sydney. They're playing Spoon really loudly in this coffee shop. You've got to be happy with that. I just feel like I'm in America. Yeah, it's exactly. It's just like, feels like home, right? Yeah. I want to know where this woman got her skirt. People are... It's very cute. It's really cool. It's very cute. People are very stylish in Sydney. <laughs> Good to point out on an audio medium, I reckon. It's like, um... Like, I want to say, like, 80s, like, Art Deco mm. crossed with, like... What are those cups called? Um, oh. The jazz cups. That's, that's a Khalil question, I reckon. That's what her skirt looks like. Yeah, right. <laughs> Gotta be happy with that. Um, so, yeah, you just did Big Sound for a week? Yeah, we um, we went to Big Sound. This whole trip happened because I uh, gave a keynote speech at Big Sound. Yeah. And um, it's like, while I'm here, the flights are so expensive and the flights are covered by the festival. Mm. It's like, we might as well do some touring. So, I'm so happy that Zoe was able to come with me. And we did, like, four sad 13, or the fourth show tonight. Like yep. first had the team and then we go home. Yeah, right. Yeah, how, how did the speech go? I thought, I mean, I never think anything goes well. <laughs> so he told me it was good and that's all it I hear. really good. So. It's over. Is it, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm very glad that they asked me because previous speakers have been uh, Jessica Hopper. Yeah, and amazing. I, so before I'd ever heard of Big Sound Festival, I like had seen her her speech. Yeah, that um, was amazing. Yeah. Which really kind of like circulated and was pretty powerful. Mm. Um, and Kim Gordon had done one as well that yeah, I'd seen. Right, yeah. So I was like very intimidated like to follow in those shoes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was kind of stressing me out because I was like, I'm underqualified. I'm, I don't know why they asked me. I'm not like smart enough. But 
it was cool to do it and I think I met a lot of people at the festival over the week who like told me that this speech had like changed their behaviors that week which I thought was wow. really cool I talked about de-escalation and just about how to like treat other people at gigs and a woman told me that she was mistreated at a gig and like spoke up to the owner of the venue and like they handled the situation and that she had been inspired to do it because of this um, another person told me that she called out her friend for like touchy behavior at gigs because of it so I was if two people are having better showgoing experiences now because of a speech, like, yeah. then I guess it went well. That's a domino effect. Even right though now. I hate yeah. speaking in public. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you flew to the other side of the world to do it. Well, I, you know, I flew to the other side of the world to, to make money. Oh, here I'm we a go. capitalist jerk. It's all about the Hamiltons, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about the, what's the $50 bill? What do you, piney? Pineapple, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about the pineapples. That's what's up. <laughs> And yeah, how have the shows been going as well? They've been really fun. Um, the first show was in Melbourne. Melbourne. Melbourne, uh, yeah. Nice. That's pretty good. We saw, and we saw some, I, I have like only very few friends in Australia, and mm. they came to the show, and that's cool. Oh yeah, I saw Jen and Courtney. Jen and Courtney came. Yeah. yeah, we had a great time. We ate really nice food in, in Melbourne. We went to, she's laughing at me for pronouncing it, <laughs> in an Australian accent. We went to, um... Like a vegan Spanish tapas place, mm. and called Smith and Daughters. Yeah, oh Smith and Deli. No, but we went to Smith and Daughters. Oh right, right, right. Smith and Deli is their like New York style sandwich shop. Yeah, and yeah, Smith yeah. Smith and yeah, Daughters yeah, yeah. is their like Spanish tapas. Yeah, style. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Zoe and I both spent a lot of time in Madrid, so I'm vegan and Zoe's not. But I really miss. Um, I wasn't vegan when I lived in Madrid, so I haven't been able to have like proper tapas since 2008. And we got like everything on the menu. It was so so good. That Maybe amazing. a food highlight of my year. <laughs> uh, That's pretty huge. Yeah, I would encourage anyone to eat there. Unreal. Uh, so I begin these by tracing back the initial interest in music, specifically where it changed from being something that. Maybe you're watching on TV or listening to on the radio or whatever to being something that you actually wanted to do. Like, yeah. Did you have a particular kind of switch on moment where you realized that you wanted to be a musician? Well, I always played music as, for as long as I can remember. Yeah. My dad played piano and I, he had a piano in the house and I took lessons and um, I sang in children's choirs and like somehow wound up do, uh, in a touring professional children's choir that like we toured internationally. Um, so I was doing that for me. Uh, well, I was in choirs as long as I can remember, but I joined the, the professional choir when I was like 10. Wow. Um, so I was doing that, and I was very involved in like classical music. And then when I was 13, I, I feel like this has come up a lot in the past yeah. few weeks, but I saw the Josie and the Pussycats movie. Oh, cool. And I was like, oh, cool, I will now be in a band. Yeah. So I got a guitar for my 13th birthday and started writing songs and playing and um I've just kind of always done it, and I never expected it to be my day job or um, something I would do for anything other than love. Although I, you know, if it's ever not my day job, I'm sure I'll continue to write and play. But I, I just kind of got lucky, and um, at some point was able to make it my full-time job. Unreal. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, where'd you go? Up? First in New York. Yeah, New York, I guess. Like, the city. In, like right in the city. Yeah. Yeah. So you would have been, like, getting to shows pretty early on as well? Sort like of. That. I, like, so I grew up in the city. My parents were divorced, and my mom moved to, like, rural Connecticut, which is, like, the state yeah. north of New York. Yeah. So, like, two hours from my... She moved, like, two hours from my dad to a very rural, like, far, basically, um, 
it's like a farming area. It's very agrarian. Like we live on a, the road of dairy farms. So I was back and forth between the city, but I kind of I would go to the city on weekends and see my dad, and I would go to shows with him and yeah. with friends. But I kind of missed out on I think a lot of kids who grow up in New York City, kind of like a fast like adolescence. And I started to miss out on that because I was like in the literal woods. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but Zoe grew up in New York her whole life, so... Yeah, and that's what you met, or...? No, we just met from, like, playing in bands and, like, being in, like, New York DIY scene, I guess. Uh, when was the first time that you played live? Do you remember? Like, guitar? Anything. Like, do you remember the first time you actually performed in front of people? I think, I mean, because I was in children's choirs so for such yeah. a long time. I remember, like, being a little kid and singing in them. But I can't remember the very first one. But the first time I played guitar in front of people, I think I sort of like started playing guitar and would just play for my friends and mm. stuff. And then I guess I started playing at like coffee house, open mic kind of things, like yeah, yeah. church basement open mics, stuff like that. So I was probably 14, I guess, when I started doing that. Oh, awesome! Just playing by yourself. I had a friend, another girl, who played guitar, and we would like play together and. Um, Write songs together. Oh, was that your first band? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I don't even want to say. Yeah, is it that bad? It's just so stupid. It was called um, Cover Story, and oh. that's because we literally did the thing like where you open the dictionary and like pointed a name, yeah. which I would never do as an adult, but as a 14-year-old girl, that worked out fine. <laughs> so that was Cover Story, and then but it wasn't like a prep. I guess it's a band, but mm. it's two people playing guitar and singing. She was yeah. in the children's choir too. Oh, awesome! Um, and then I was in a like a punk band next, with like just like full on like like boys who loved rancid and had the full like hot topic like stud belts, and I did too, I guess. And we all we all like ska a lot, and someone was in the band named Walker, and he felt that he was like not cool enough or like. He wasn't recognized enough in the band because, like, <laughs> I was like, like a girl who played guitar and like somebody else sang. So the band was called Walker Exists because Walker wanted recognition. <laughs> he got it. So two really bad band names <laughs> for very short-lived projects. <laughs> and then after that, I just kind of started playing under my own name and would have friends like play in the band. But yeah, I was like right. sick, you know. Was that was that like just after high school? That was still in high school. That was like, I started putting out music when I was like 15 and I would just put it out under my name. And wow. You were like putting stuff online at that point or was that too yeah, early? Yeah, no, it was on like, I guess, I don't even know if MySpace, maybe, I don't even know if MySpace had music yet then. Yeah, Because this yeah. would have been like 2002 or 2003. Oh, sure, yeah. So I think I, I uh, Pure Volume, I, I seem to remember. Oh, now we're talking. Um, That's a name I haven't heard in a while. And I would like, I would just burn CDs and like, you know. Distributed that way. Yeah. Classic DIY. Yeah. 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 Some really bad like home photoshopped album artwork. <laughs> probably not even Photoshop. I probably used like MS Paint. That's incredible. That's just like 2003, and I was like, oh, yeah. has any of that stuff survived? Um, I made an album when I was 17 that I still have a lot of copies of in my mom's basement, <laughs> and every once in a while I'm forced to remember it. Is it that bad? I don't think it's very good, but I feel like I should be kind to myself because I was 17. Yeah, totally. I had very different influences then, yeah. probably. 
It all comes yeah. back to dressing the pussy cat, so. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. <laughs> um, so where do things kind of go from now? Like, uh, after high school, are you, like, just playing solo? Or are you kind of playing around in bands? Um, like, let's see. I went to college, and I had always been kind of home recording, but um, wasn't really releasing any of that stuff. And... I started putting demos online under the name Quilty, and it was just like me playing everything. And I sort of made a band around that, and then um, it became like a full band. That was my band from like age 18 to like 22 or 3. Right. What can you tell us about that band? Like, uh, it's like kind of... rock band. Yeah. Like honestly, it sounds a lot like Speedy or Bees. What kind of what kind of stuff we do? Like, uh, were you just kind of playing around the New York area? Or? Yeah, exactly. Like, we didn't do any. We did. We toured a little bit, but not not as extensively as like Speedy Ortiz mm. has. But we would tour the East Coast and the South and like Midwest. And yeah, did that project for like five years. And we played all the time because I feel like New York bands have to play like all the time. And, uh, I had moved to I had moved out of the city for grad school, right? And um, the band was kind of breaking up, and we were breaking up, but we still had these shows booked. So I had yet again started a project of like home recording and putting music online and mm. playing all the instruments myself, and that was called Speedy Ortiz. Yeah, right. And while Quilty was like dropping off shows, I was like, I feel bad dropping off these shows. Like, I'll play with my new solo project if you want, and that's kind of how the the band started. Right. Yeah. 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 With, with Quilty, I can imagine, like, that would have probably given you, like, some of your first proper, like, musical experiences, you know, like, playing outside of your immediate, like, hometown and stuff like that, and getting to, yeah. you know, see a better part of the country, and, you know, like, those first experiences can be pretty terrifying, especially at that age. Well, I didn't really start touring with that project till I was, like, maybe 21 or 22. Yeah, right, yeah. Before that, it was all, like, New York clubs or Boston clubs. That's really it. Mm. Uh... What kind of what kind of shows were you playing like DIY like all ages kind of stuff? Or? Yeah, like some combination. I feel like in New York mostly we were playing places that some are still there and a lot aren't. Silent Barn or like Shea Stadium, or, mm. which probably doesn't mean anything to your listeners, but <laughs> just like cool DIY spaces that are all ages and would let like bands like us play. What kind of bands were you playing with as well? I'm trying to think if we ever played with any bands that people would know. <laughs> I remember playing with Jana Hunter, Screaming Females, like. Oh yeah, nice. I'm trying to think of who. Yeah, not bands that exist anymore. I guess a lot yeah. of the. I feel like a lot of. A lot of stuff kind of DIY bands up, yeah. that you care about so much for a few years just yeah. like don't exist a few years later. That's the thing about those scenes. Hey, some of those bands will be around for like less than a year. Yeah, and those are the best ones. Yeah, exactly. They know to get in and get out. <laughs> And all they all they left behind is like a three track demo or something like that. Actually, I can think of some like um. So Quilty would play a lot with Ava, who are still a band and they're great. Yeah. Um, we played a lot with this band Space Ghost Cowboys that uh-huh. turned into Porches. Right. Um, so like right when Porches was starting was when Speedy Ortiz was starting. We played some shows together. I'm trying to think of other bands that people would know that are part of that scene, but. Maybe it'll come to me later. All just best kept yeah. secrets, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, who was your, who was your favorite? Like, uh, who would you want people to, to hear and rediscover from that era? Mm. There was this band Eula that we played with a lot. Yeah, right. Um, EULA, and they were just sick. Uh, front persons like this. She's like an awesome guitarist. And I don't think they're they're not a band anymore, but they were really good. We, mm. we played with them a lot. That's the band to check out from 2009. Keep that in mind. Eula. <laughs> Hopefully there'll be a band camp like or something. Oh, we played with Best Coast. I'm trying to think of like 
2009 bands that we played with. Yeah. Anyway, this is now rambling and boring. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> well, tell us about how, uh, like, uh, speaking of taste, um, like, um, was that, did you kind of perceive it to be anything bigger? Like, did you just think, oh, it's just going to be another really. little bedroom project again? Yeah, it was like, I had worked at a summer camp for a long time, and I taught music and songwriting yeah. there. I taught this, like, songwriting class specifically. And I had written a bunch of songs while teaching the class and was recording them along the way. And I just put a bunch online because I thought they like, came out cool. And the first show that Speedy played was like a show at Shea Stadium that Quilty had dropped off of. Mm. And I'd played at Shea Stadium a million times with Quilty. And everyone was always nice and like they continued to ask us to play. But the first like Speedy Ortiz show was just me and our drummer Mike. And everyone at Shea was like, this band is better than Quilty, like, Whoa. just do this band, like, just this one is show. good. And I was like, oh, like, I feel kind of insulted because I've been playing in this other band for five <laughs> yeah. years, but, like, that's cool that you like it so much. Yeah. And so we just kind of kept playing a lot of shows, and I wouldn't say that I thought it was anything different or more or special, or, because um, it was still just me writing, but mm. we kind of got lucky, and it took off really quickly. Yeah. So, how, where, at what point did that kind of start gaining momentum? Like, do you remember? Kind Honestly, of, almost immediately. Yeah, it was like could, really weird. Yeah. Because um, we, I think a lot of bands, you know, if they're buzzy and they come out of nowhere, it's because they have like a manager or a label or a lawyer or something. Mm. And we just had like me, uh, like sending emails trying to book like regional tours. Right. We kind of got local press really quickly, and that was super helpful. And from that, we were sort of able to book wider tours and. We went on like a two-month U.S. tour pretty shortly after starting. Yeah, I don't know. It just it kind of built momentum quickly. Was it those DIY ethics that you've learned yeah. from being in years of quality that, you know, I think you were able to kind of adapt super quickly sure, to this I, I knew how to like, you know, do tour promo for myself and I knew how to book shows and I knew other bands that I wanted to play with. And yeah. Yeah, I would credit it all to like, just like emailing people. Yeah. Myself. <laughs> That's the thing. You got. You got to really, really know your way around an inbox if you want to stay DIY. Or I think you just have to like care about music. Like I have yeah. a lot of friends who start bands and they will email me like, "Can you put me in touch with your publicist? Like I want to get a track premiere on like you know Pitchfork." Mm. And I think like that's just a stupid way to go about it. I think if you're in music for the right reasons, like I mean, not that there's right reasons, but mm. I think a lot of it, if you're really passionate about music, it's about like making connections with people that you know you care about and that their work is meaningful to you and yeah. some of that is like caring about bands in other cities and like establishing a friendship with the people whose art you like connect to yeah. and part of that is like I think I think rock critics get like kind of a bad rap I think like if there's a writer who's like writing about music you connect with I think it's like cool to email them and be like thank you for doing that so I think like building the connections yourself with the people whose work you're excited about is way better in the long run than just like hiring a publicist to like shop you out to people who have no reason to be yeah, invested in your music. 100%, 100%. Like we only got a, Speedy got a publicist like two years in after I'd been doing it myself for you know that long. Yeah, wow. And it was only because I just couldn't, I didn't have the time anymore to like yeah. respond to everything. Mm. So I think are. it's important to do. DIY is very important. Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. Unless you're lucky enough to have someone who's doing it all for you, like, yeah, don't get a publicist first. Yeah. <laughs> gotta gotta, gotta yeah. do the hard yards. Go on tour. Absolutely, absolutely. So, what were those? What were those first few tours like? Like now that you you know had a bit of experience with it and stuff like that, like. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, we'd be like surprised when people would show up. Some shows like 
in cities we'd never expect anyone to come. Yeah. It'd be packed, and then like we'd play in a major city, and like no one would be there. It was kind of always a crapshoot. But we had a lot of fun. We had low expectations. We really weren't expecting to make any money. We just yeah. we just didn't want to lose any, and we didn't. So. Did, well, did you kind of reach a point where? I don't know, like, it, it went beyond what you had ever kind of anticipated, like, getting to a point of playing, like, a bigger show or a bigger festival or something like that, where you're just like, I never would have imagined, like, we'd get to do something like this. Um, I mean, being here is, like, surreal. I don't sure. know. Everything's cool. Like, everything that builds on the last thing is, is a cool, unexpected yeah. treat, I guess. But I think we've always stayed so busy that... I don't really get like lost and then like this is the next step. It just mm. all kind of seems like a regular progression. Yeah. And I think we I still tour very similarly to how I always have like unless a hotel is provided, I don't really book a hotel. Like we stay with friends and you know, I think that's kind of important too because your time in cities is so limited. It's like yeah, nice yeah, to see yeah. the people you care about and mm. you know, learn what they know about the city you're in. But I remember when the first record came out we didn't have really any expectations for it, and then it got really good press kind of right away. And the shows that we had booked that we expected to like not sell out venues suddenly yeah. like everything was sold out. And, like we pressed, you know, a thousand copies of the record, which made sense because we had sold five hundred copies of the EP over the course of like a year. Yeah, and yeah. And the thousand copies we pressed sold out in a week. So like we went on tour for two months, but didn't have any records to sell. So that was sort of a point where I was like, oh, this is like a bit serious it's not just like our punk band that we do while we're on vacation from work mm. um, and over the course of like the, the six months I guess after the record we just kept getting offered festivals and tours that we didn't want to turn down yeah. um, and we were making basically we were making more money from the touring than from our day jobs yeah. so we were like let's quit the day jobs and just Dude. do it and I guess that was sort of the point where I was like oh I never thought this would be my day job, but now yeah. somehow, somehow I've looked into it. Was it was it ever overwhelming at points where you know, like having that immediate sort of demand and you know having those kind of yeah, like uh, requests for more and more touring and more shows, etc. Kind of built. Sometimes, up? yeah, because like I think we didn't know what our limits were when we first when that first happened. So mm. in that first like six months after we quit our jobs, we were basically on tour for the whole thing. Mm. We did like a three or four months without taking a, any kind of break really mm. it was like go to Europe for a month like you're home for one day and then you have to fly to start another tour and then once that tour ends you're driving like you know 18 hours straight to start the third tour and I think that kind of taught us like we need to take breaks and it's how to treat our bodies better on tour like yeah I mean I, I go on and off with like drinking but at that point you know before I played shows like not every day mm. I was used to having like a drink or two every night and touring for four months I'm like oh you cannot do this every day like you can't eat fast food every day like you gotta yeah. get groceries and get sleep and like treat your body with respect yeah 100% <laughs> have you have you had a chance to do much international stuff like in, in the last few years um yeah we've toured Europe I've probably been to Europe like seven or eight times yeah, in the past wow. years and, um first time here though gone to Mexico I guess that's about it yeah what, what, what was it like kind of heading over to Europe and, and playing there for the first time? Like, I can imagine that would have been the furthest you'd kind of ever traveled mm-hmm. and, you know, played shows, etc. Yeah, it was really cool. I don't know, it's surreal to go to another country and people, like, know all your lyrics. No, you lose, yeah, To yeah. go to a country where, like, 
the language that's spoken isn't yours, and yet people mm. are like singing all the lyrics and like asking me specific questions about you know fans in Massachusetts. Yeah. So that was that's been kind of cool, and I'm lucky that we've been able to go over there so much and been able to make friends and like. All these countries. Yeah. Where's where, where's Speedy at at the moment? Like, are you guys kind of reconvening to do more stuff soon? Yeah. Or? When I, when I get back from this tour, we we start doing Speedy stuff again. Like, I get home on Monday, and then Speedy plays a festival like the end of the week. Wow. So we got, and then we'll we'll tour most of the fall. Awesome. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm eating pickled vegetables, everyone. Um, <laughs> with the Bantera Melos. Do you know them? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're so sick. That'll be awesome. That'll really be really, excited. really cool. Yeah. But yeah, you're here for, you know, doing shows as Sad 13. How, yeah. did, how did that kind of uh, start up? That project, you mean? Yeah, like, was that just another little bedroom effect? Yeah, honestly, like, yeah. I made a bunch of demos, and I was like, oh, these are good, I should release them. And, and now it's a band again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you didn't you didn't think that they kind of suit Speedy, or...? Not you really. Just, you just knew it was going to be a, a different kind of style? Different yeah, kind of be, I mean, again, it's like our, the second Speedy record came out, and we want to tour for like, we took, you know, maybe a week off between tours this time, but it was like 10 months straight of just like touring, and we all kind of needed a rest to work on other projects, and mm. I had kind of wanted to do something that was more synth-based and pop-based, and that's not really where Speedy was at at that time, mm. so I made songs in that style and self-produced it. Do you remember playing the, the first kind of Sad 13 show? Did that kind of feel like full circle? It was in Ithaca with Samus. Zoe was there. How was it, Zoe? It was awesome. It was actually really, really good. It was really fun. It was like an insane first show, kind of. Because there's um, a rapper on that album, yeah. named Samus. She's amazing, and it was her release show. Mm. And we like went up to Ithaca for it, and every time I see her perform, I fully cry. I don't think any other musician, like, I actively cry during their sets, but she has one song that gets me every single time. So it was a really amazing way to start off this project, and yeah, we've been touring the last almost year. And you kind of been balancing between the between the two, between the Speedy stuff and the Sad Thirteen stuff. Speedy hasn't done too much. We had one um, festival in that time. Yeah. So we've been off really, taking a little break. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, well deserved. You know, you guys pretty much hit the ground running for a few years there, didn't you? Yeah, we all kind of. I mean, I think we all kind of wanted to work on different projects because we'd just been working on it for so long. Mm. So Mike, who's a drummer, has been doing this project Hellraiser. Mm. This kind of like grunge. I feel like he'd call it like skate music. So he's been touring that project where he sings and plays guitar. And yeah. Devin left the band actually, and he's been focusing on a solo project called Monica. That's like really awesome. Um, I've gotten to see him play a few times and that, yeah. and it's like sick. And yeah, Daryl's been working. Like we've just been focused on other stuff, and it'll be. Ni- it's been nice to like start playing again. Yeah, I can imagine that'll be really really cool. So yeah, do you kind of see the two projects kind of working in tandem going ahead? Like when you're not doing one, you'll be just doing the other. Yeah, I mean, I like. I love playing with Zoe. Like I love playing this kind of music mm. we'll see it's hard I feel like Speedy's album cycles last longer than um, this one does so we'll, I would like to do another Sad 13 album though I hope, I hope I do one yeah I hope so too we'll see <laughs> it's, it's hard though I didn't expect them to run into each other and that's been a little stressful like mm. coming home from this tour and then I immediately have to start rehearsing for Next one, Speedy yeah. Festival and then Sad 13 has a show like 
the next week, but Speedy has a show the next day. Yeah, and then right. The day after that, Sad Thirteen goes on tour, Ooh. and then I get home from that tour and have one day off, and then Speedy goes on tour. <laughs> and it's just like I know there are people who play in like six bands and are mm. sick, but I can barely remember how to play like one full set of music. <laughs> so my brain's a little fried. I can imagine. Well, God speeds you. Best thank of you. luck with all of that. Thank You're you, welcome. Thank you. You're so welcome. We'll wrap it up here, but before we do that, I ask this of all of my guests, and now it is your turn, Sadie. I want to know oh about the best and worst shows that you have ever played in your entire life. Ooh, that's so hard. Oh my god. You're editing this, right? Yes. Can I think about it for like two minutes? Please, by all means. Best show of my life? Oh, I can think of the worst show. Here we go. I mean, the show itself was probably fine, but we played a, uh, Speedy played a punk house in Iowa City. Everything just went to, literally, can I cuss? Please. Literally to shit. In that it was like a really crusty punk house. The show was probably really fun. Like I'm sure we played like and had I'm sure we were turned and had like a really fun time playing. But there a fight broke out. During your set? No, like upstairs. Uh, yeah, uh, two right. fights actually. Oh. Um as someone like peed and shat herself, someone threw up. So by the end of the and there are people like fucking in the bathroom. So by the end of the night on the floor of this kitchen, there was literally, you could see blood, piss, and shit, and I'm sure that there were, like, all kinds of, oh, sorry, like, <laughs> shouting in front of children. I feel like people like cussing in Australia, though. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm sure there were, like, sexual fluids in the mix, too. Yeah. So, Good God. that was a really memorable show, and the, like, this band that was all girls, they were so awesome. They were on their first um, vacation home from college. Mm. They got in a fight, too, outside. Uh. Like, I watched them get in their car, and one of them hit the other. The police rolled up. Holy it shit. Was like, so that's probably the worst, even though I, I could think of it with humor. Yeah. Um, very intense night. Best show ever. The best show ever. What was it? We played on, well, I don't know if it's the best, but it's like kind of unusual. I feel like a lot of people probably would answer this with a boat if they played on a boat. Yeah. This is so weird. So we've done a few different boat shows. Not to be confused with the band boat show, who Shout I want to become to best friends with. <laughs> if that doesn't happen today, I'll be pissed. But we, Speedy did a, they let us have a cruise in Boston for a day. And we um, got Downtown Boys to open. This other band, Francine, who's like my favorite, like unheard of songwriter in Boston. Mm. Like I don't know why they're not famous. They have they write the best music. So this band that I've been obsessed with since 2006, Downtown Boys and us on a boat cruise. Yeah. And Downtown Boys were just like Victoria's such a amazing onstage presence and speaker, and she was like. These waters are like the waters of capitalism that like oppress it. She was like pulling in everything about being on a cruise and using it to do like anti-fascist speeches. Wow, um, brilliant. We were like, if we play on a boat, we have to like get downtown boys to do it. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Oh man, that sounds incredible. Oh, also there was the time that I, we were, Speedy was on tour with the Jicks and I got to sing a pavement song with the Jicks like as the backing band. That was pretty cool, I guess. Oh, that's a dream come true right that now. That was very surreal. Oh, what song did you do? In the Mouth of Desert. Great choice. I didn't choose it. Steve did. Really? Yes. But uh, I feel like we did okay. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to be sneezed at. No. Not at all. So that's my best one, maybe. Oh, absolutely. Um, do you have anything you would like to, to plug or to share or let people know what you got going on? Mm. In Australia, probably not. I don't think um <laughs> just in general like uh, 
do you have any records or anything that you'd like people to Nothing hear? Nothing I can talk about, I don't think. When is this coming out? Uh, probably in a few weeks. Just like um, let all the listeners know that I want to become best friends with the band Boat Show. And if any of them know any members of the band Boat Show, please introduce us so that we can become best friends. I'm sure we can make that happen. Okay. I really hope so. Hi, Boat Show. Hello, Boat Show. Sadie, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks I really for, appreciate it. Thanks for doing it. this. I'm David James Jones, and all my friends in 